Good evening, Shift Collective, and welcome to this Shift Happens episode, where we will be debunking some myths and misconceptions regarding microdosing. Perhaps you've been hearing about microdosing left and right and don't know what to believe anymore. Or you may find that microdosing sounds a little bit too good to be true. Or perhaps you're in the camp of the people who tried it and didn't find it to be quite the holy grail that they promised. In any case, you're not alone. And I feel that joining on today's episode may give you exactly the type of perspective that you were looking for. Your most mind-altering hour of the week. Hi, you're listening to Shift Happens, and I'm your host, Ina. Before we dive into those um, microdosing myths, as a side note, I know that some of you have been waiting for the second Bardo and I have to apologize. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then please skip this side note altogether. But if you do know, and if you've been waiting for the second Bardo, second and third one, I promise that they're coming. It's just that I had to make space in this episode for this particular um, topic. So the topic of microdosing myths. And the reason for that is because tomorrow morning, we are starting with a group of people, a um, microdosing program, a six weeks microdosing program, which is actually a free program that I'm offering from Shift Happens, where together we are going to embark on a journey um, of uh, microdosing together. And in the context of this journey, I just wanted to give um, that community a little bit of a uh, preview or deep dive into um, some things that um, or some preconceptions that may um, hamper their journey. Thank you for allowing this space and allowing this episode to go into another direction than you may have expected. And I promise I'll honor my promise and the Bardos will be published ASAP. So if you got curious about the program, by the way, it starts tomorrow at 11 and uh, we are just having the first community call. It's going to be an introduction call where uh, we will just present uh, ourselves to each other and we'll talk about the program. And uh, then uh, the community will receive a complimentary microdosing package, which comes with the program. And it's going to be a just a, a great uh, six weeks filled with uh, fun, but also self-development and self-revelation, because that's what psychedelics do. They reveal our psyche. In any case, now uh, enough with my deviation. Um, are you ready to bust some myths? Because if you are, buckle up, as we are about to challenge your pre preconceptions like you have never had them challenged before. So let's dive right in. Myth number one, microdosing has no risks. Well, while microdosing can offer incredible benefits, I definitely do not agree that it comes without risks. Um, for some individuals, I actually would not even recommend it. First of all, microdosing tends to intensify emotions. You can think of it as a, a Trojan horse scanner or a virus scanner on your computer. And 
well, while some people are okay with or are, are happy when a Trojan horse is showing uh, or when a scanner is showing them where the Trojan horses are hiding so that they can uh, yeah, take measures and um, get rid of those, tro- of those viruses or Trojan horses, others may not be so happy and get annoyed by the virus scanner itself. So this is exactly what happens with a microdosing journey. It tends to start to bring to the surface all the things that, specifically those things that you're not really willing to see. And this is not something people are usually ready for. And uh, yeah, sometimes those things may be beautiful as well. However, many times the things we're not willing to see are actually not the prettiest sides of ourselves. And yet, this is where the most, um, you know, the biggest jewel uh, is hiding. And the advice that I would give in this situation is before that you embark on a microdosing journey, ask yourself, am I ready to see myself for who I truly am? and not for what I believe that I am. There are, of course, other risks associated with uh, microdosing, and uh, those are, you know, the known side effects, such as um, the enhancement of negative mood, of uh, uh, neuroticism sometimes. Some people experience more anxiety, more paranoia, um, And of course, we have the legal risks and uh, dependency. But when we're speaking about things such as anxiety and paranoia, I believe that these are the underlying, so they have been in the the area of sub-perception. And now psychedelics are, um, you know, or the, the microdose is by improving the connectivity between your subcortical region and your amygdala. It's allowing those things that were until now hidden in your unconscious to show to the surface or come to the surface for the purpose of integration, for the purpose of um, being aware, becoming more aware and becoming more whole. And yet, if you're not ready for that, that moment in and of itself may provide to be uh, unpleasant. So, yeah, that, there goes myth number one. Myth number two, microdosing is not addictive. It is true that generally psychedelics are non-addictive substances. However, when you start to experience the benefits, oh, the, when, it, when it gets good, when the going gets good, it gets so good that you may become addicted to it. And um, I, I haven't heard of that. Um, as of date yet but I have known people who were having difficulty um, simply relying on the same on the old or the previous um, skills that they used to have and every single time uh, are now as soon as things are getting difficult they reach out into their psychedelic drawer which for me starts to look a little bit like an addiction myth number three microdosing is legal now the possession and the use of psychedelics is illegal in many countries including the netherlands unlike many people think in the netherlands only magic truffles are legal those are being sold in smart shops 
and uh, it is legal to consume them. But if you are buying capsules, if you are buying extracts, or if you are buying drops or any other forms that are not a truffle, full truffle, so the full fresh fruit of a magic truffle, you are actually exposing yourself to legal risks and perhaps even criminal charges. So it is not legal. Having said that, because uh, this area is a little bit of a gray area, um, the you know uh, jurisdiction or the law is not as strict as it normally would be in the situations. Myth number four. Um, psilocybin mushrooms are the only microdosing option. Of course, uh, this is a bit naive to believe, and most of you will know that psilocybin mushrooms are um, not the only microdosing uh, substance. Also, cannabis, LSD, canna, and cacti containing mescaline um, are uh, substances that can be used for microdosing. Myth number five. There is no difference in which substance I use to microdose. Anything is better than none. Oh, this is a big one because, um, yeah, while you may assume that any substance can be used for microdosing without distinction, it's crucial to rea realize or understand that not all substances will yield the same result. And one example that I really like to use for my personal experience with uh, my clients is uh, the difference between magic mushrooms and truffles. So uh, when using microdosing, we're actually having a psychedelic therapy uh, with magic truffles. I have noticed that the um, experience tends to be a lot more darker and trauma-based with the magic truffle than it is with the magic mushrooms. For me, magic mushrooms have more the quality of the higher consciousness and collective consciousness, some kind of a, a higher wisdom, which has a uh, lighter, it's always actually associated with light. So I've noticed that uh, clients who engage with um, magic mushrooms versus truffles, they tend to um, report a connection to a light, connection to a higher consciousness, to the universe, to something beautiful, to something bigger than life, to love and so forth. And versus when they're dealing with truffles, which is where they're forced to look into their traumas, past experiences. So this is not something that's scientifically proven. Of course, this is, I speak from anecdotal, anecdotal experience, from my personal experience and from experiences reported by my former clients. So uh, the same thing applies to microdosing. Um, I have heard many of my clients trying to microdose with magic truffles and then um, quitting quickly because their experience started to become less positive than they were expecting it. And I cannot yet um, uh, state this with certainty because I'm not a researcher in this area. Um, 
um, but I do feel that there is a big difference and the, the, the outcome would be much more positive and generally more pleasant um, if people were microdosing with magic mushrooms versus truffles. And as such, this is just one example, of course. Um, probably the effect will be totally different if you're um, engaging with LSD, for example. So the next myth, myth number five, there is only one way to microdose. Yeah, well, in my opinion, of course, you've heard of the many protocols. You have the Stamets protocol. Uh, you've had, uh, th there are different types of protocols and rules out there that, that are uh, supposed to be helping you in developing some kind of a system in how you engage with these plant medicines. And why, uh, while I believe that these rules are helpful in building a relationship with the plant medicine, it is so much more important to trust your own body and response rather than sticking to some kind of uh, prescription, you know? Um, it's so much more important to honor your inner compass. And your body knows best. Always remember that. So if you start to feel that there may be an incompatibility rather than uh, the effect of self-revelation, which you're having a difficulty with, then trust yourself. That's so much more important than staying committed to a protocol. Myth number seven. Integration is not necessary with uh, microdosing. And that is the biggest BS that you could have ever been told. Um, the entire process of microdosing is a process of integration. Uh, for, for me, of course, integration is the process of making whole. And um, in a sense, the search for healing is the search of for becoming whole. So, And that's why microdosing is so helpful in this sense, because it is about revealing those parts that are not yet known to you. And when you're not aware of those parts, you cannot make them integrated. And that's the whole point, right? So you're, un you're undertaking this relationship with this plant medicine, which is going to reflect to you those parts that are hidden from your conscious awareness so that you may get to know them, get to love them or accept them if you cannot love them and integrate them as part of yourself. And that's the whole journey. Um, so as you are undertaking this journey, that's in and of itself an integration journey. So whether it's micro or macro, um, yeah, it's all about embodying the insights, the learnings, uh, and the revelations that you are identifying on the way. So myth number eight, the set and the setting do not matter. Now, you know, just let's imagine that I give you a pill and you're popping that pill and you're doing so mindlessly uh, without thinking uh, and you just go about your day. And imagine that your friend is doing, is engaging in the same process, but in a totally different way. She may do a ritual. She may light a candle. She may write a letter to herself. She may uh, record a soundbite for herself. She may uh, put a nice music and she may recite a little prayer before she takes a cup 
which she has filled with a microdosing substance. And um, as she is about to start the day, she sets the intention in that beautiful ritual, in that beautiful ceremony that she has created for herself. Which one of the two do you think is going to have a more meaningful experience? All right, so myth number nine, microdosing always works. This is, of course, a common misconception because, uh, first of all, microdosing will almost never deliver consistent results. It, it doesn't deliver uniformity. So my results will differ from your results. Um, it's not always positive, and I've mentioned why before. And it all depends on the way you're perceiving your situation. So if you're a person who says, hell, yeah, I love this process of getting to know myself and becoming more whole and getting to love all parts of myself, whether they're beautiful or ugly. If you're that type of a person, no matter how negative the experience may may be perceived to be or may appear to be, you are loving the process because you're loving yourself and therefore you're loving the journey. And therefore, the experience is likely to be more positive for you. However, if you're on the other spectrum of things, which is not a judgment, but it's just the, the where, where you are in the process, and that's, uh, that's okay. You just need to honor your place and be aware. Okay, well, this is where I am in the process. So I have quite some, um, quite some self-love to do here. So if you are on that spectrum, therefore, uh, you for you, microdosing may not work as well as it may work for the other person. And um, yeah, um, what can you do in that situation? Yeah, it's, I would say just change your mindset, but it's very simplistic and very easy for me to, to advise, right? How do you do that? And just commit yourself to the journey. <laughs> Of course, there are other factors such as a chemical response. So your body may not be responding in the same way as my body is responding. Um, there may be interactions with medicine. For example, right now I've been having to take an, uh, antibiotics for a week because of uh, wisdom tooth removal, which has go- gone south and has produced uh, a lot of pain uh, and actually a, a huge infection. Um, so if you would see me on video now, I would be looking like a quokka. I don't know if that's the right pronunciation for that animal that always smiles from Australia. The very, with the big cheeks, <laughs> the very strange animal that has big cheeks and always smiles. Um, yeah, so having, I, I really am usually avoiding to take medication as much as I can, but I have been forced to take antibiotics this week. Now, it is strictly prohibited to, to microdose. And I am sure that that would be, uh, yeah, I would have a specific effect or impact on my body if I would. Um, now there's interaction with, uh, with medication. There's interaction with what you're eating. There's, of course, interaction with the lifestyle. So mm, definitely not. Microdosing doesn't always work. Myth number 10 microdosing is placebo so there's one 
huge ongoing debate in science that uh, revolves around the question where the microdosing effects are, effects can be solely attributed to the placebo effect or if they're actually based in genuine yeah, true um, benefits uh, so of course we cannot deny that placebo effect can influence the perception of any treatment um, but I, I am of the belief so it's my personal belief that microdosing's outcome cannot be attributed only to the power of suggestion. The ongoing body of scientific research, as, as well as numerous personal testimonies, consistently highlight that there are specific benefits and changes um, associated with microdosing, which uh, are indicated that, of course, they transcend the placebo responses. Um, however, first of all, is it bad that it's placebo, even if it would be placebo? I mean, the powers of suggestion is in and of itself a great thing, right? I mean, and isn't this what we're trying to accomplish? We want to accomplish the ability to self-heal, to self-rely, to be, um, you know, uh, to see ourselves as the our own medic and our healer rather than depend on some substance, even if it's a microdosing substance, right? So, hell if uh, if it's just a placebo effect and i've discovered that i have the power to self-heal or self-improve my mood or self-regulate uh, my emotions great <laughs> even then it's not no big disaster um however yeah it's still having said that um it is not just um you know uh, a placebo that is causing all those reports of benefits. What sets microdosing apart from traditional treatment for me is the holistic nature of engaging with psychedelics. For me, psychedelics are psychedelics are not just a, a drug or a substance, but they are a paradigm shift in how we approach therapy. So this shift in perspective is equally applicable to microdosing, emphasizing the importance of the entire approach, which includes mindset, environment, intention, community support um, to maximize the benefits. So that's why I believe that um, those studies may have found the placebo effect in circumstances where the holistic approach were, was perhaps not included. I cannot testify for this, obviously, and it's not even my intention to do so. Um, however, I do believe in the holistic process and I do believe that anything that's taken with a holistic approach will offer healing. And I think we're, I believe we're at myth 11 now. So myth 11 is that microdosing works better if you do it more often. And this is another misconception, uh, especially some people tend to increase the frequency of microdoses and hoping that they will see even more improved benefits. Um, and this myth absolutely does not align with any findings of scientific research. So in reality, the frequency of microdosing does not equate to enhanced benefits. Research um, have uh, has shown that there is actually 
no interaction between the frequency of microdoses and the extent of their effects on, on the psychological functioning, which means that taking microdoses more frequently during a study period did not lead to more significant improvements in the mood, cognition, and overall well-being. So for those people who believe that they need to build it up, don't build it up. Um, just stick to two sessions, I would say, two, three maximum sessions if you are doing so in an organized, um, guided environment. Myth number 12. Microdosing will provide a quick fix. I am very much against quick fixes. <laughs> so, and in this case, it's exactly the same. Um, first of all, microdosing will not provide benefits in the immediate first dose. Sometimes it does. I'm not saying that, that there are no exceptions to the rules. Um, it, but generally, like with everything in life, it takes time. It's a cumulative process. It requires patience. So I know that we are like so focused on trying to convert uh, these plant medicines into a pill for this specific reasons because we just want to go mindlessly into our little cabernet. We want to open it and we want to pop that pill and just head off to work and be busy and continue to do whatever we're doing, not change anything about our lives, but expect this quick fix to quickly fix whatever <laughs> is is creating uh, the discomfort in our lives, which is um, everything but uh, the way we are going about it, right? So... Um, yeah, uh, no, psych, psych, psychedelics and microdosing are definitely not a quick fix. Um, in fact, um, you know, uh, some microdosers, um, report that it takes approximately 40 days and a more consistent microdosing process in order to really feel the significant changes. And um, yeah, this is, this is thought. So it's usually six weeks uh, that it takes before you can start to feel this, the shifts in uh, mood, increased creativity, more clarity, and so forth. So... The, you know, that that's probably because the substance needs to kind of build up in the system to really, truly influence the neurochemistry uh, gradually. And it's a bit like cultivating a garden where nurturing takes patience, and but it will lead to beautiful blossoms. Therefore, you know, before you're um, considering to engage into a... Um, microdosing journey, please consider it as a long-term perspective rather than something that you would do one or two times and uh, then uh, quit. Uh, plus, I do believe that things tend to get worse before they get better and usually this is what happens during a microdosing journey. So at first we, we get this um, uh, yay effect, it's working. And that may feel great and we may, may feel tempted to believe that, that you know, that we're, we're go it's going to be great. And actually, this brings me to the five stages of uh, um, the emotional cycle of change, you know, uh, where number one is uh, called uninformed optimism. So that's when we say, yeah, it's going to be great. Right. So we just had 
two or three uh, microdosing um, uh, doses and we feel better and we think that this is it. We found the Holy Grail when suddenly uh, <laughs> the second step comes in, in the cycle, which is uh, informed pessimism. And then we go like, whoa, okay, this is not going as great as I thought. Then comes the third stage, which is hopeful realism. And this is when we say, uh, okay, this is much harder than it looks. Then comes uh, four, which is informed optimism. And then you say, you kind of got, got to know that, okay, well, this is a part of the process. I need to integrate these things. I need to face my, my shadows. I need to face the things that I've been suppressing. And it's only through integration that I'll feel better. And that's the informed optimism. That's when you can say, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And then comes number five, which is completion. Yay, I, we did it or I did it. So that's kind of the um, uh, emotional cycle that um, is known to occur in a change process. So it's known from change management. In any case, uh, if you would attribute all of these steps to one week of microdosing, you kind of already have a map of what you can expect throughout your journey. So uh, then, you know, in week one, I'll feel great. Week two, I'll feel slightly less good. Week three, I'll feel terrible, maybe. Not a guarantee, but not, probably not as good as in week one. And then starts to come the maturity uh, in week four, where you're accepting the situation, really taking responsibility and ownership of your process. And then comes week five, where you graduate and you say, hell yeah, and I'm glad I stuck around. Um, week six is usually used to kind of um, solidify um, all, uh, all the weeks and integrate the whole process. And this is when usually that probably why it's um, the, the period that is considered uh, necessary for um, such a process to be considered effective. Um, I'm not sure if we're now at myth 13. Yes, myth 13. Popping the pill is enough. Um, well, people tend to think that um, simply taking the pill itself um, is just like um, kind of like a magic pill. And suddenly you'll feel better. Um, and that's not true. You know, what makes microdosing with magic mushrooms so magical is that for a period of time, and that's approximative, approximately 24 hours, and that's how long psilocybin or the psychedelic compound in magic mushrooms stays in your system. During that, that window, there is an increased um, positive mood, which is correlated with the increased connectivity between the part of the brain that controls and the part of the brain that has anxiety. This is called top-down control or cortical inhibition of subcortical responses. So prefrontal cortex and amygdala connectivity, like I mentioned before, is improved. When this happens, Suddenly, you're able to make better choices. Suddenly, you're better at making better decisions. Suddenly, you get better ideas. But it is ultimately up to you what you do with that window of time. 
So if you let it go to waste and you just engage in useless conversations which are not enriching you, if you are letting it go to waste and you're just um, going and, and, and engaging in some, uh, I don't know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have fun in life and you shouldn't go and, 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 and enjoy yourself. But if you're going out and, and just having alcohol in that 24-hour window, Obviously, you're not using that connectivity before b- between your prefrontal cortex and amygdala in any positive way. So you cannot expect any kind of a positive effect, or at least not the optimal. So popping the pill is definitely not enough. It is about your presence. It is about your awareness. It is about what you're doing with those insights and uh, everything that happens in those 24 hours. And that is why I believe that, um, so a bit of a side note towards um, uh, the schedule. So I would I would usually do 24 hours uh, and then uh, microdosing and then 24 hours off and then again so that you can give yourself that kind of on and off um, time in order to perceive yourself with and without so that you can... Um, instead of maintaining you know that that window that you've built um, but rather going and, and and allowing yourself to also build that type of resilience outside of the window with psilocybin or with a microdose um, yeah and, and of course let's not forget that if you are approaching the process of microdosing as a pill popping experience what are you actually doing you are saying this little pill has a lot more power over me than I actually have over myself. So I'm going to give my power away and I'm going to pray to God or pray to this pill that it makes me better. And for me, that's another form of dependency. So stop pill- popping pills and take responsibility for the process. <laughs> so myth number 14. Uh, microdosing will improve my mood instantly. Actually, quite the opposite is true. The first sensations that come after you are ingesting a microdose will most likely be the uh, kind of a body heaviness, or sometimes they call it a body high, that doesn't feel very pleasant. You start to slightly disengage with the reality or perhaps not as sharp as you would like to be. Um, yeah, and that takes about about an hour. So we're talking about the immediate uh, window, but we can talk about the more longer term in a second. Mm, that's not the most pleasant experience. And you have to understand that and you have to know what to do with that experience. And what I would advise is that you go and you sit down, um, you make some space for yourself rather than just uh, trying to rush about the day. So that's why it's important to plan this and schedule this accordingly. And uh, you sit down and you take very deep breaths. And that may involve that you need to close your eyes and disconnect from your reality for a while. Just have a, a short meditation, 
perhaps have a little prayer, perhaps remind yourself of your intention. Um, you know, just give yourself that time. It's not always necessary, but when this happens, this is what's required. And that's when usually people get scared and they think, oh my God, this is not working or um, I'm feeling worse than I felt an hour ago. Why did I do this? So then they give in to panic and and then, yeah, well, the panic defines their journey further on. Either they quit or they associate microdosing with a bad um, trip or with a bad feeling. So no, microdosing will not improve your mood instantly. Um, however, yeah, it, that's an experience of self-growth in and of itself. How you're engaging with that moment um, when you slightly, when you're not getting exactly what you wanted right away, that's a very interesting thing. Wouldn't you want to know how you, uh, how, <laughs> what's your reaction? What's your typical way to respond to such a situation? Um, yeah, and as I mentioned before, things may get worse even on the long term for a while before they get better. So, for example, I've had um, uh, people reporting that they started to become much more introverted uh, whilst their social circumstances at that time required for them to be more extroverted. And they found it extremely difficult to engage with the external world in the ways that was required of them. So in that sense, one could perceive, hey, this is a not positive effect. Meanwhile, let's remember, folks, it's psychedelics will always give you what you need, not what you want. So the question again, before you engage with anything, uh, microdosing including, is are you ready to get what you need? And are you ready to deal with what you need? And trust me, it's not something you're aware of. What you need is not something that you're, uh, you know, hoo-ha dreaming about. Uh, sometimes what we need is actually a very harsh kick in the butt. And that may not feel pleasant, but that's exactly what, what we need at that moment in time. Um, yeah, I've been working super, super hard. And now I got this very harsh kick in the butt from life, which actually almost incapacitated me for this week. And in many ways, this has been exactly what I needed. And yet, it really wasn't something I wanted. Because, well, I'm starting the program tomorrow. There are people who are relying on me. I had to develop um, prerequisites for the program, uh, collateral, um, materials, packages. And as much as I was looking forward to it, I was absolutely knocked down. Yeah, well, this has been a really deep process for me to reflect. Am I ready to stand for what I'm preaching. Um, you know, I believe that life tends to test us. And especially when it's something super important for us, it will, we always think, oh, life will support us and it will give us exactly what we need. So when we want something, the universe will conspire to bring it to us. I don't agree with that uh, perspective. I believe that the universe uh, knows better than our ego. And I believe that that's an ego perspective. Um, the universe will test us most of the time uh, it will try to identify is there anything that's going to hold you back from you know it's just like this this bird who is just learning how to fly 
um, and it has to fall a couple of times before it can really take off. Um, yeah, so is it is it that the universe is trying to be mean or is is it nature is it nature being mean to that bird? No, it is nature trying to make that bird strong. It's the nature trying to teach that bird how to really fly, especially on a longer term, right? So that's it. That's how we can perceive life. This is how we can perceive obstacles. And the same applies to microdosing journey. So when you're encountering a rough patch, which you always will, yeah, how do you respond to that? It's really going to be a, a clear mirror. And I don't have this on my list as a myth, to be honest, but I'd like to add it because I believe that uh, engaging with plant medicine. So let's call it myth number 15. Great, we have another myth. <laughs> myth number 15. Uh, microdosing is like a one night stand. And it's like, you know, a short term thing that you do. I believe that microdosing is a way in. Um, and it's a way in into a relationship, into a long term relationship. Not just with the plant medicine with which you are engaging, but a relationship with yourself. And the plant medicine is just a gateway and it's also just a mirror. So are you ready to embark on this journey of building a relationship, a true, honest relationship with yourself and with this plant medicine? That's up to you to answer. Have a good week.